You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. And welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. One of the talented behind-the-scenes individuals here at The Blaze is our own Mark Tate. Mark is primarily a part of the Chad Prather Show and holds the distinction as the most laid-back person I know. I have something to learn from him for sure. And if you check out this podcast on a regular basis, you'll want to be listening toward the end as a very fun fact about Mark is revealed that is connected to a previous episode. Without further delay, let's get things started with Mark Tate, this week's guest on At The Mic. What is your title here, man? I think it's technically on the offer letter I had television director for podcast programming, but it's oh, basically grief. just basically just director of random an, things. Is there an abbreviation we can come up with? Because that sounds yeah. I think uh, it's a mouthful. I think you can just say director. director. I think that works. Yeah. All right, we'll go with director. Yeah, I want to also go with the title most laid back guy I know. How is a human being so relaxed? Uh, I, I've got a lot to learn from you because I am the polar opposite. I am the most high-strung guy I know, yet hmm. you never seem to be stressed out. How do you pull that off, man? It's drugs, right? Yeah, I, I take some daily doses. That, no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's a compliment. I think, I, 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 it's not a dig. Yeah. I mean, just genuinely, you're always smiling. You always seem to be in a good mood. If it's an act, congratulations. Oh, thank you. But uh, no, you're just, um, you're always in a good mood, and I really appreciate oh, that thanks. about you. No, I think it's like, uh, it's a weird thing. I feel like I'm just kind of naturally calm, if that makes sense. I don't think it's anything in particular. Hmm. Um, sometimes, too, I, I feel like I don't feel as calm yeah. as sometimes people think I am, if that makes any sense. Okay, so. but, that, well, congratulations on pulling it off, though, because you work in a high-stress industry. Your job, you push the buttons for Chad Prather's TV right. show here mm-hmm. on The Blaze, so you're constantly having to change cameras and take right. camera one, take camera two, all that stuff. Plus, mm-hmm. you do stuff over here on The Blaze with other shows that I guess are moving faster, like you fill right. in for Rob on Pat's show, right? pushing all the buttons and changing all the cameras mm-hmm. and stuff. Like I remember specifically in college when I had to take TV broadcasting, I had to sit in the director's chair for a semester. Man, my, my, the palms of my hands never stopped sweating. I was so right. nervous all the time. That technical stuff, it's, 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 it's a challenge in of itself, but to remain calm under pressure, you are able to pull that off. So oh. congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, I think it's a, uh, with directing, I feel like it's a reps thing. I remember the first time I ever TD'd, which is, that's what they call it when you push the buttons to basically switch all the cameras. Technical director? Yeah, I was a I was an intern here in 2014. Travis Bransell. Yeah. He used to be a director. He was like, hey, hop in here, buddy. <laughs> oh, no. So it was like one of those, I think it was a pre-show back then. They had the pre-show before they'd come to Glenn on radio. Uh-huh. And I remember my hands were literally shaking <laughs> when I was trying to push the buttons. He's like, oh, you're good. You're good. But it's one of those things you keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Wow. And you get used to it. Kind of like an instrument, I feel like. You know, if you are sit down and have to play a guitar live all of a sudden, it's nerve-wracking. But if you keep doing it and doing it, then it just becomes something you don't don't all think right. about too much. So Okay. You know, yeah. You're not from Texas or the Dallas area originally. You were born in Orlando. That's right. And mm-hmm. then raised in Winter Garden, Florida. How yeah. close is that to Orlando? It's basically a suburb it's of like Orlando. A metro. Okay. It's like 20, 20, 30 minutes from Orlando. And so. you spent your entire childhood there? I did. Yeah, actually my parents had they bought a house when they got married. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh boy. That's my fault. Turn your phone off, Keith. My goodness. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, pick it up. Sorry. You're good. 
uh, my parents, yeah, they bought a house when they got married, lived in the same house until I graduated from high school. Oh, wow. So it was, yeah. So are they still there house. now? The same place? They're actually they... in Virginia now. Oh, wow. So they moved up there when I was in college. So, okay. Yeah. So where did you go to college? I went to Liberty in Virginia. Up in so, Virginia? Yeah. Yeah. So That place, I bet, has changed a lot since you were like, how long ago were you there uh, graduating? Uh, I graduated, uh, I, I just say 2015, technically like okay. winter of 14. But... I forget how young you are. Yeah. Okay. Very mm-hmm. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, it hasn't changed it a lot even since then. So yeah. it's just been that, that growing place and growing and growing. Right. Especially yeah. with the sports programs and becoming that's right. They're big a, uh, yeah. FBS school now. So Yes. Yeah, moving that's on up. Right. That's right. You have a sister and a brother. Where do you fall on that uh, spectrum? Yeah. Your oldest, youngest? Where are you? I am a twin, actually. So my oh. I have a twin sister. So she's technically four minutes younger than me. So I guess you could say I'm the middle child. I bet. I every twin always holds that over. Yeah, the, the, I always, the I always give a hard time. I always say you got to respect your elders. Respect your elders. That so, is awesome. I have a little bit more life experience, but uh, we're, we're pretty close to together. It's so a little bit more. Yeah, I get you beat by four minutes. I have seen things in this world in those four extra. In minutes. those four minutes, yeah. you won't you won't even know. So how is that growing up celebrating birthdays and stuff with someone who shares the exact same birthday as you? Yeah. Is every celebration together? Do your parents, do they spread them out? How that work? My parents were pretty good about it. Um, we would have joint birthday parties sometimes, but they were very strict about, you know, each person got their separate cake and their separate meal. That's cool. And usually we'd have like our birthday dinners. Normally my mom cooked it. We didn't really go out for that. And we'd each have like a separate meal. So... So, we had some weird combos over the years. We had like hot dogs and spaghetti one time because you know, we wanted different things. So <laughs> yeah, because uh, in my house, when it's your birthday, you basically are the king or queen for the day. You know, we watch whatever show you want to watch. Right, we right. do whatever you want to mm-hmm. do, whatever. You know, I can't imagine trying to share that special day with the uh, with a sibling, but. Right. Uh, I'm, yeah. an, I'm an only child, man. I'm uh, not okay. used to. So that's very different. <laughs> that's very that's the, different. That's yeah. the opposite end of the spectrum. Right, so. right. Yeah. But it sounds like it sounds like your parents are cool and they handled it. Yeah, they well. handled it well. And, and it's funny, people always ask me, what was it like? But for me, I never knew anything different. So, you know, I was always cool with it. It was fun. So when you were growing up, what kind of job did you envision yourself doing when you were an adult? I feel like I had a lot of random ones. I think I wanted to be a doctor at one point. Oh, wow. Uh, How long did that dream last? Not not too long. <laughs> not too long. I learned the reality of that one. Uh, I feel like I just had a lot of different ones. I think I wanted to be a scientist. Just like those random ones you get as a kid where you want to do random things. Uh-huh. The broadcasting side of things didn't really come into my head until high school. And I think like my main driving forces, I was like, it would be fun to do something really cool. Huh. Because I feel like broadcasting is just very different from sitting behind a desk all day and I want to do something different. So yeah. that's kind of what drove me there. How did you end up? So you're from Florida. Right. You went to school in Virginia. How right. did you end up in Dallas? At Liberty, I was shooting sports. I would shoot games. I think I started my sophomore year shooting games. Uh, and it was the kind of thing where we'd set up all the cameras for soccer or mm-hmm. football or whatever. And we do, we do a live stream of it. At that time, the guy directing it was this guy named Dan Crutchfield. He had gone to Liberty too, but he actually ended up getting a job out here. I think he was previously an intern for the Blaze, but he got a job as an editor uh, at the Blaze. So it's kind of a crazy story, actually. I had an internship in D.C. I got that internship locked up, basically, um, and then kind of started seeing some red flags and some things just kind of fell through, if that makes sense. 
at that time, I was like, I think it's really in my best interest to not accept this anymore, to, to back out of it, uh, which was something kind of weird for me because it's something I don't like to do. But at that time, that yeah. seemed like the right thing to do. Okay. So anyway, at that time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I had this great internship in D.C., and it was gone. So I remember I was sitting there in the library. I thought about I was like, oh, Dan's over at Blaze now in Dallas. I wonder uh, if they have anything going on over mm-hmm. there. So I Googled on my computer Blaze internship program. Oh, It was the day of the deadline to apply for the Blaze internship program. So <laughs> I, like, hurried up. I had everything. My resume and stuff was pretty good, good to go. So I kind of tweaked everything, sent it in. And I remember I sent Dan a Facebook message, and I said, hey, I applied for this. Is there Put anything in a going good on over word there? For yeah, me, exactly. Yeah. So I think I had an interview within a day or two with Sarah Carlson, who was huh. at that time the VP of uh, studio operations here. Okay. Um, and that's what led me to Dallas. I came down here and yeah. interned in 2014. And, not knowing uh, anyone, really. Yeah, not knowing anyone. Dan, I guess. Except for Dan. And Dan was great. And he, this was uh, an unpaid internship, out. right? Actually, they oh, paid uh, did they? $10 an hour. Okay. Which, I mean... For production is sure pretty crazy. And so, so did you find a place to stay down here and say, man, I hope this works so, out? Or... Crazy story. Oh, no. There was this bridge. <laughs> yeah. And boy, I tell you, it really kept the rain off of yeah. me. <laughs> no, uh, one of the other editors, Matt Castellano, who also went to Liberty with Dan, mm. uh, had an empty spot at his apartment. So he offered okay. me to stay with him for the summer. So I stayed oh, with him and it was completely free. Very so, cool. Worked and out really well. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Okay. Now, before you walk through the doors of the Blaze, mm-hmm. I could totally see this. I mean, you are Chick Fil A. I can see <laughs> you. My pleasure being all happy and chipper. So, was that like during high school or college? Yeah, that or? was that was my senior year of high school. I always say I have the most conservative resume ever because of Chick Fil A, Liberty University, and the Blaze. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, senior year of high school, I worked there. So while at Liberty, you were a student blogger and like a newspaper editor? Yeah, I did. uh, The blogger was the first thing I got. So that was something out of their marketing department. Blogging about what? It was basically about student life. So it was okay. It wasn't a bad gig. It's not like controversial articles out there. No, no. Is authored. Nothing like that. Should we kill all the birds? Because, you know, we recently learned on Pat Gray's show. Yeah, that birds aren't real. They aren't real. Yeah. Yeah. Candace Ortiz has brought us that news, no, and, and so we uh, discussed that on the show. Earth shattering, yeah, earth shattering. I, I mean, it'll sure. it'll it'll shake your world to its foundation. Oh, absolutely. But when you were a newspaper editor, I feel like being a newspaper editor these days is a lost art that nobody. It, it's kind of like this sentence structure right now, right? Like the way I'm delivering this point right. is kind of the way news articles are written these days. Okay. Whether it's in a newspaper or on a website, there are so many grammatical errors and and punctuation issues. Mm -hmm. Tell me, when you were an editor at the student paper, that stuff didn't get through, did it? It was very strict. Uh, Good. Somebody needs to be. I was on the. I was technically assistant news editor. So basically, me and another girl, we would come up with the stories, assign them to reporters, Uh and then we would basically go into InDesign, which is like a sort of a Photoshop-ish software for people that don't know what it is and put the paper together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had copy editors and our copy editors were, they didn't mess around. So any Good. any tiny error. Glad to hear there's uh, some sort any of- AP style issue, everything uh-huh. got changed. So, <laughs> so grammar's important to you, yes? You know, I, I see, think- I can't see it being so important that 
it it draws him to anger because again we're dealing with the most laid back <laughs> man in America. See, I feel like I guess I would say it's important to me when I'm writing. Uh huh. I don't care as much other than that. Besides that, if that makes sense. Huh. And I think that. But you wouldn't let that stuff slip through at the newspaper, would you? No, not okay. at the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Not if it was under my. Okay, but if somebody sends you a text, right? Right. And they use the word irregardless. Which I guess is now technically a word, but no, it's not. Right. Would you correct them? Or I guess it depends on how well you know the person. Say, hey, you know, that's really not a thing, I don't, right? See, I don't think I would bother. I don't see, think I would bother correcting see, them. this guy right so, here. He's you know, it's the a, easiest it's a guy text, in the world to get along with. It's a text message. It's not a public Okay, okay. So if we're having work, so. a conversation the whole way, right? You and right. me. Right now. Right. Not, not doing this interview. We're standing on the hall, right. and I just, I just say, you know, irregardless of what you say, <laughs> I'm going to get you in that studio to record a podcast right. with me would you go that's uh, actually not a word you'd would, let it go wouldn't you i would probably think that in my head but i would let it go for me of course everything gets under my skin so thank you for being you mark <laughs> okay so before this global pandemic happened you loved going to dallas stars hockey games that's right music concerts stuff that's like right. that but there's kind of been a seismic shift, I guess, right? And some of the things you enjoy now because you enjoy getting to the outdoors that maybe you didn't like before? Right. I mean, I always liked the outdoors. Right. I think now I'm forced to like them more, if that makes sense. Right, right. So, I mean... And you've recently taken up kayaking. That's right. That's a new thing. So, I got... I actually got a kayak off Craigslist last weekend. You so. just bought one? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. sell me on the idea because I'm going to tell you my perception... Okay. And then you bring me back, okay? Okay. Kayaking in, say, a place like Dallas, mm -hmm. where there's no fast-moving rivers or streams mm -hmm. or something to give you some inertia. Yeah. It feels like you're just like, you know, canoe. It feels like you're just out there doing all the work, and then, then you'll, you'll get going real good, and then you'll just stop for a while and be like, all right, so now I'm going to ride this for a little while. And you're like, ah, oh, crap, I got to row again or whatever. Yeah. Right? Is that? It just feels like... You're not getting much enjoyment out of it if you're always working to move. Well, <laughs> for me, I like being out on the water. So, so just uh, actually sitting out there, I guess, is part yeah, of being the fun. Out, being out there just to me sitting. is like the best part of the experience. But also, like for me, if I'm not on a river, I'm getting more exercise. So, mm. you know, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. And see, so. I'm the guy. And see, this kind of goes back to our personalities. I'm the high, strong, move, move, move. We gotta go, right. go, go. And I want, I want a reward. I want to be just like going down the stream right. and yay, mm -hmm. let's go. See, you're just yeah. calm and relaxed. You're like, yeah. whatever, I'm just chilling. Yeah. I mean, if we had a fast moving river in Dallas, you'd, you'd, I'd, you'd tackle I'd it? I'd love that. Yeah. I'd love that, but we don't. So where uh, is the nearest, where is the nearest, like, I don't want to say whitewater rapid, but at least something that takes care of the movement for you, maybe down in the hill country or something? Down yeah, there's Austin? actually, uh, I was actually watching some videos. If you search Frio River kayak camping, really nice whitewater rivers out in the hill country that you can go to. Okay, uh, about three hours drive rapids, or so? Water is crystal clear. So up here, it's not that way. The best thing we have close to here river-wise is the Trinity, which like a five-minute drive from here you can get on the Trinity River. So I actually oh, took really? my kayak out there last night. Okay. So well, it's a little bit, it's a little dirty because there's a lot of, yeah. drainage going into it so I would not go swimming in it no but to kayak no. on it's right. not bad it's bearable okay or river okay. but there's I mean I've, obviously a lot of lakes around here too, I've so. cleaned garbage out of that river oh, yeah. before I that is yeah. not a 
happy place. <laughs> the part I went on, uh-huh. there wasn't garbage everywhere. Okay. I was <laughs> Just down. to clarify, but I've heard yeah, I was certain down. parts of it are really bad. Yeah, I was down with my kids and Carrie down in uh, down <laughs> in Fort Worth itself. Right. And we spent a day cleaning yeah. up. I mean, they're the things. Yeah. Kids don't look. <laughs> It's a nasty, <laughs> nasty ordeal. But yeah, okay, out in the middle and stuff. Yeah, look, yeah. the water's moving. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay, so you don't have any pets. I do not have any pets. And the reason I point this out instead of just moving on to the next right. question is, I'm not positive, but you may be the first, the first person to sit in this chair that has answered they don't have pets. Really? I, Very I mean, I'm not judging you. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Do you hate animals, or you just haven't had the the right one come along, or what? Like, what are you a dog guy, cat guy, uh, guinea pig guy? What are you? Definitely not a cat guy. I'll okay. just get that out of the way. Okay. I like dogs a lot. Yeah. Um, my parents never wanted to have a pet growing up. I guess we did have pet fish. That's about the best we had. Uh huh. But. They didn't want to deal with the dirtiness and all that stuff. Uh-huh. So never got a dog growing up. That was their thing. So, I mean, are they clean freaks or they just, oh, no, here we go. Um, so, I mean, did they did they starve you and your siblings <laughs> of a full childhood by refusing to get you a pet? Tell us, how many times did you go by a pet store at the mall when you were a kid mm-hmm. and say, hey, can we go get a dog or something like that? And they were just like, keep walking. How'd that go? You know, uh... We would eye out a dog, but I feel like they were pretty determined uh, oh. at that time. Now, I later mean, are on. There, are there allergies or just, I don't want, because you think about it like this. I'm not saying this is their motivation, <laughs> but someone drops in on our society and says, wait, so you allow these crazy wild animals into your house? What are you people nuts? Your parents may have been onto right. something. I don't know. Go don't ahead. Know. Go ahead. Now, later on, though, my sister, who was living with my parents up till just a few months ago, did get a little dog. Okay. So, and it was pretty funny, actually, because they were very kind of standoffish about it. Like, my mom was especially very standoffish about having a dog in the house. And now that little dog is the most spoiled little dog by my mom. Right. So, her name's, like, Haley. So, my mom will be like, come here, little Miss Haley. Like, come sit in mama's (laughs) lap. Like, just a complete, complete change of events. But I told them, (laughs) my sister moved away with the dog, and I was like, you guys have to get a dog now. That's, and they're like, oh, no, no, we're not going to. That's my biggest fear. We're not going to do that. That's my biggest fear because my oldest has a little dog. Uh-oh. And she is 17. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when slash if she's ever going to leave the house. But it's almost like I want to say, nah, you can you can stay as long yeah. as you need to. You can you can head out. We don't care, but leave the dog. I'm pretty sure I've told her that before. Yeah, exactly. It's like, look, when you do move out, you, you know Matilda has to stay, right? <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. So uh, I'm glad to hear that they're warming up to the idea of dogs because, I mean, yeah. there might be something wrong with your parents if <laughs> if they didn't eventually come around. I'm just saying. Now, the cats, I understand that if you don't like cats. <laughs> That's very understandable, but dogs are uh-huh. they're great. Yeah, let's see here. Music. Music. You like country. I do like country. Okay. Yeah. What do you think about my theory that anyone can sing country? Hmm. It just seems like... I would think that almost anyone could get away with singing country. Okay. Um, You're not not selling the genre, I'll tell you, (laughs) with that kind of answer. But (laughs) it depends on what type of country you're looking into, and I think that not everyone can be a good country singer, if that makes sense. I think any song can be turned into a country song. 
I think that's just um, try it sometime. Next mm-hmm. time, next time you uh, are alone and there's no one with an earshot, give it a shot. Grab grab any any random pop song and uh, see what happens. In fact, hit record on your phone when you do that and share that with me. All and, right, and we'll you play it on the podcast. Uh, we'll make you a country music superstar. Wow. Yeah, I can tell you have high high respect for uh, nah. country music. Love it. Yeah. Actually, I will say that Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is I love, like, his greatest hits album, you know, Mm -hmm. with all the collection there. I mean, from start to finish. Yeah. It is great. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely love that. Devin went down to Georgia by Charlie Daniels. Charlie Daniels. Yep. Mm -hmm. Which we're going to get into Charlie Daniels in a moment. That's right. We will. Mm -hmm. But um, outside of the Garth Brooks um, greatest hits and Devin went down to Georgia... Mm, wow. I'm sorry. But like, this isn't about me. This is that's I asked you mm-hmm. and you answered. Interesting. And so that's cool. Huh. That's cool. See, if I turned on country radio right now. Yeah. I don't think it's that good. I think maybe twenty five percent of the songs are good on country radio. But I think some of the local Texas country is great and I think there's some Nashville artists that are still very good. But it's not all of them. Like a, a guy like Thomas Rhett or Luke Bryan. Not really into that. So, well, tell me about Luke Combs. Luke Combs, mm-hmm. he's got some good music. It's kind of that style, still country music, kind of that, kind of that Tim McGraw. Um, I guess you could say two thousands country style. But all of his songs are great, mm-hmm. very catchy. Lyrics are good. What I like, he's him? some good stuff. Oh, uh, you could try him out. See what you think. Send so. me, send me three, three songs of the best Luke Combs tracks, in your opinion, and I will definitely give it an honest wow. effort. Okay, I have to I have to pick some out. And you pick out the best know. ones. You never know. You wow. may you may convert me. Wow. Okay. I'm willing to listen. Hmm. Um so yeah, so like the last song you played on repeat was uh Does to Me. <laughs> That's it, yep. Does to Me. Yep. See, I obviously so, had an education. Basically the tagline is that might not mean much to you, but it does to me. That's so, familiar. Was that a big hit? It's a pretty big one. Hmm. Yeah. Luke Holmes is I know that pretty name. big right now. So he yeah. sold out American Airlines Center, he sold out two nights within like a few hours. Wow. Okay. And of course, those are postponed because of Thank you, coronavirus. But appreciate the COVID. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, hopefully, what are they doing with those concerts? Like, if you have a ticket, right? To, yeah. to, to I they had, just, have they just said, hey, just hang on, we'll get in touch with you? Yeah. I had bought, usually I don't buy tickets far in advance. I had bought two pairs of tickets to Brooks and Dunn, which was scheduled for May 5th originally. And then Luke Holmes, which was, I think, September 12th or something like that. Both of them get postponed to 2021. So you can either keep the ticket for the next year or you can request a refund. So it's kind of up to you what you Uh, want to do. What a mess. Yeah. I will say, though, talking about country artists, Mm -hmm. and you just mentioned Kix Brooks, Mm -hmm. I actually spent some time at his winery in Nashville before. And I will say, very, very nice guy. I have absolutely nothing against anybody in the country wow. music industry. I'm mm-hmm. just it's just not my sound, you know. Right. But um, I was just uh, did some corporate thing there, mm-hmm. and he entertained, you know, hundred or so of us, and very nice guy, very nice layout there. So anyhow, interesting. Brooks, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's my little country music rubbing elbows. Tidbit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you have met Charlie Daniels himself. I did. Tell me about that. I did. It was uh, it was pretty brief. He actually came to the studio. Um, oh, here? 
here a couple years ago. Really? He was on Glenn's uh, radio show. Yeah, that's um, right. So we were actually, I think we went to commercial and uh, in the control room, and he was right out behind the control room taking pictures. Huh. And we looked at each other. Uh, it was Travis, actually, he was talking about <laughs> earlier. Looked at each other and like, let's do it. Yes. So we, we ran out there. I totally missed we that got day. A, we, yeah, we got a picture. So I still have a picture with Charlie Daniels. That's uh, great. And I also actually got to see him perform live uh, about a year later, I was working for uh, NRA TV, and they had their annual meetings here in Dallas, and he performed the concert, and it was basically first come, first serve. So uh-huh. we got there early. Travis Tritt was the opening act, but his band was incredible. We were on the fifth row, uh-huh. and it was incredible to see his band. Like You could tell it was called Charlie Daniels Band for uh-huh. a reason. So. <laughs> and when he was hanging out here and taking pictures and stuff, you guys went and crashed and got your picture made right. with him and everything. Mm-hmm. Seems like a super nice guy. Very nice. Very kind of a mellow, friendly guy, yeah. you know, which That's some true. of his songs I, I wouldn't say are mellow, <laughs> but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but very mellow guy. Apparently he was crazy on, on Twitter. He would just really, uh, yeah. he would vent on Twitter pretty big. <laughs> yes, he was. He would let it go. He loved this country. That's for he sure. Did. So you've also met Bobby Bowden, the yes. legendary football coach from Florida State. That's right. So, so well, that's like me meeting Tom Osborne, right, from Nebraska. It so was, how was your meeting with Bobby? It was fun. I grew up Florida State fan. My grandpa was a Florida State fan. Okay. And in Florida, everyone, no matter where you go to school, is either a Gator or a Seminole. Right, yeah. When you see When you meet someone from Florida, you say, hey, are you a Gator or a Seminole? Oh, so, no. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, uh, Bobby Bowden came to speak at Liberty my okay. junior year of college, and uh, one of the things we could do as editors at the paper is request interviews with these speakers. So as soon as the schedule came out that Bobby was speaking there, I immediately emailed the editor-in-chief, and I was like, hey, can I get Bobby <laughs> I got to so, be there. So anyway, I got the interview. They didn't give me much time with him, but uh, it was it was pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I He get, seems like a very nice guy. Oh, very nice. And he was spry. He, I mean, at that time, I think he was mid, I want to say he was mid-80s. I think he was at least in his low 80s at the time. Uh-huh. And uh, at one point, he, like, shoved me on the shoulder. And, I mean, you could tell he still was super <laughs> strong, strong and energetic yeah. and very nice. So it was it was pretty fun. I got a picture with him. And it was a it was a really neat experience because that was someone I kind of idolized as a kid growing up. I mean, it's Bobby Bowden. I mean, he's a legend in coaching, so sure. college football. And so. he's 90 years old 90 now. 90 years old now. And you My, wouldn't know. No, you wouldn't know. No kidding. So. Wow, that's great. Earliest memory. My goodness. <laughs> My family's house fire. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about that. How old were you? What do you remember? Yeah. I was uh, three years old at the time. So basically what happened is we had a uh, we had a gas hot water heater in our house. And my mom dropped a can of aerosol spray, like Lysol or something. I don't know what it was. That, I guess, punctured and went to the air. The can Somewhere broke. in the house? Somewhere in the laundry room okay. where the hot water okay. heater was. Yeah. And the pilot light, uh, it hit the pilot light, and that's what started the fire. So uh, it's a pretty vague memory, but I remember, I remember like getting together, leaving the house. Uh, so there was no explosion? It was just a... No, no a, explosion. Was it just a rapid spreading I think fire? It, I think it started spreading pretty quickly. So uh-huh. obviously, I like I don't think I was even in the laundry room. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we went to my neighbor's house, my sister and I went to my neighbor's house. And they didn't completely lose the house, but it, I mean, it was a big fire. My mom was actually out there fighting it with a hose <laughs> for a little while before the uh-huh. fire department got there. But we rented a house for 
maybe sure. six months. Yeah. And then they repaired the house. But it was uh, quite an event. I mean, I was too young to really, I think, understand it at the time. Right. Because obviously for my parents, that's a, I mean, that's tough. You have sure. to go, the amount you have to go through with homeowner's insurance uh. and all that is just a complete nightmare. Do so. you know if your family lost any keepsakes or photographs or anything like that? Or how big I, of a fire are we talking? I know? think they were able to stop it before it got anything super valuable. If I asked my parents, they would maybe say a couple things. Sure, just um, just the laundry. Hopefully. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and there's some, there's some valuables. Uh, yeah. We have like old yearbooks and photos yeah. and stuff like that uh-huh. that smell like smoke because they were in there. But Still they today, huh? Right, but they didn't get lit on fire. Wow. So, but yeah, I think that was my, I was trying to think about that because you had that on the sheet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my earliest memory, probably just because it was, you know, obviously a crazy experience. So thankfully everyone was safe. Our house wasn't like completely flattened or anything like that. So it could have been much worse, but it was an interesting experience yeah, for sure. Sounds like it. I'm glad everybody was okay and safe. And they were. Okay. Ooh, it wasn't yeah. overnight then. It was during the day or something. Right. It was during the day. Okay, I think, good. I think my dad was at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I was three. My brother would have been about six or seven at the time. Okay. So, yeah. So I ask, what's your most embarrassing moment? And Mr. Mello over here <laughs> can't think of a good one because he says he's not easily embarrassed or he just needs to live more. And I, I contend that you don't put yourself in a position to be embarrassed is probably huh. what it is. That's my theory. Interesting. It's like I know I've been embarrassed before, but I was sitting there trying to think of of a certain instance, and I was having a hard time coming up with one. So uh, I don't know why that is exactly. But and, and under the question, you know, what's something that you want to accomplish in your lifetime, and it's to be an impact on other people? How so? Yeah. I mean, I think uh, at the end of the day, life's about people. Obviously, I'm not perfect at making that my number one goal, but I think that's what it should be is to just be an impact on other people around me and make their lives a little bit better. Um, Do you hope to have kids someday? Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. so those will be people that you will definitely oh, have definitely an impact, have on. impact on. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, yeah. You'll have no, your think, chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, I think it's just more valuable than wanting a thing or experience, you know? Mm-hmm. So no big regrets either. Nothing that popped in my head. I'm sure I could come up with some small ones if I sat there and thought about it for a while. But yeah, nothing that... Now, Nothing big, thankfully. You do hope to get a lot of traveling accomplished in your lifetime. Where are some places you would like to go? I think getting out west would be great. I've never explored, you know, the Grand Canyon, mm. Hoover Dam, um, the Grand Tetons, Yosemite. All of that would be incredible to see. Uh, parts of California. Yeah. I could list a bunch of things. I think it would be great to see Europe one day. Yeah. Get to Yellowstone. Yeah. If you get out there, uh, that's uh, I'm so glad that I was saying because I, I never thought about Yellowstone as this amazing place, and then I had the opportunity a couple of years ago to get out there, mm-hmm. and I've been itching to go back since the second we left. So if you ever get out to Wyoming, um, along the the western edge of that state, mm-hmm. you gotta get out to Yellowstone. Anything that we haven't covered that uh, maybe we should delve into Mark Tate more? Once you finally get a pet, what kind of pet are you going to get? Is it going to be a dog? Hmm. Well, actually, uh, Candace Ortiz, who works here, also my girlfriend, she's getting... What? (laughs) I know, you're shocked. 
incredible. I wasn't going to. Okay, look, earlier in the podcast, I threw the opportunity out there, but I wasn't going to say anything beyond that. <laughs> but as long as you're uh, saying that, yes, so she was featured on the September 11th. That's right. 2020 podcast, if you'd like to trek back. So you're dating Candace, and right. what, what were you going to say about the uh, getting a pet? She is getting a golden retriever puppy in oh no just about a month so she's about to get a puppy about to get a puppy is she just waiting for it to get weaned or how uh yeah they keep it it's from a breeder so they'll keep it for two months from its time of birth and it gets shots and they make sure it's Mm -hmm. it's good and ready to go and then is it she got a name for it yet she's gonna call it ladybird so it's gonna be a girl it's gonna be a girl it's a girl dog so it's already born yeah so just waiting on it, it to grow up a little bit so how exciting but yeah see it works out for me though because she can take care of the dog manage all those things and then i can just enjoy it you know i can meet you at the park with yeah. the dog yeah that's awesome <laughs> you don't have to worry about the the shedding yeah or... she does all the vacuuming oh, takes no. care of everything so i mean i can just go enjoy the puppy so that that's gonna be good. shed a lot right the... it is gonna shed a lot oh so. no i can't yeah it's uh yeah golden <laughs> retrievers are i i feel like probably the most attractive dog out there uh-huh. but they are big shedders so um mm. all right yeah ladybird ladybird i like it ladybird. that's cool mm-hmm. very good tell her she has to bring little puppy ladybird up here oh absolutely to the, to the studio she's already uh she's already scheming about ways to do that i don't know if i'm supposed to say that on the uh podcast but. oh i i feel that the perfect place for a golden retriever Right. Would be on the set with Chad Prather. Oh, yeah, could run around. Because she produces his show. That's right. In fact, you guys, since you've already opened up the door, I'm just going to climb right through. And then if you want me to take this out later, feel free. But is that where you guys met, you and Candace? We did. On Chad's show? Because you push the buttons for the show. She keeps him in check. Right. And that's where you guys met, right? It is, yeah. That's awesome. So, no, we actually, uh, I left Blaze for a little while. Came back uh, in February. We actually started on the same day. Oh, wow. She came on the show in March uh-huh. of, I guess it would have been 2019. Yeah, so, okay. It's been a while. Uh, so, yeah, we worked together, and Chad was always late. So <laughs> he would always be an hour or two late. So he'd oh, sit there and talk, no. and then she kind of turned into something. So so we can blame slash thank Chad, Chad. for yeah. you guys. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Okay, so so you've been dating then for about a year then, right? A little over a year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. All right, well, that's, I mean, that's really cool. Uh, I'm very happy because uh, two of the nicest people in the world found each other, and that is oh, really awesome. Absolutely. Uh, anything we've missed? Oh, you've got, you've got a social media handle. Oh, yeah. But I got to thinking, he's right. I don't think I've ever I, seen him post anything. I do not. Is this a Twitter post. handle? I have a, it's Instagram. Oh, it's Instagram. And, okay. and Twitter. But oh, it, okay. I think I used to kind of tweet a little bit back in the day, a few years ago. All I don't right. really tweet anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up. It's M and then T A I T 20 on Twitter. Let's just go and check out his Twitter here. We're it's gonna... probably been about three years or four years. There since he is. Look, I'm following you. Of course, oh, you're wow. not you're not following me. Oh, man. I see that. Yeah. I'm so, very selective. So. Oh, wow. Uh, let's see, the last time you tweeted anything, it was a retweet in November of 2018. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. actually, I'm surprised it's that recent, honestly. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, so there you go. It was, uh, 
Let's see. Yeah. So, man. And then before that, it was September of 2018. And before that, March of 2018. Yeah. Boy, you, your frequency oh. is dynamic. I'm all about... I'm all about my social media image, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah. Really on the socials. <laughs> so uh, I think I have about three posts on Instagram or something like that. So, okay, well, yeah. that's a... It's that, a big deal. If I post on social media, it's a big deal for me. Yeah. Like, all right, we're going to sit down, we're going to mm-hmm. make a post. I mean, I see so. Li- Liberty University football, Florida State football, oh, yeah. so you got priorities at least. That's right. All right, so at mtate20, that's T-A-I-T-20, on Twitter and Instagram. All right. Well, uh, thanks for making time. Mark Tate of The Blaze. And it was painless, right? Right. I mean, this was... Absolutely. Because, I mean, you're like like I've clearly established, you're so uptight and high-strung. You were so nervous for this. Mm. I'm just kidding. The most relaxed man I know. Mark Tate, thanks for making time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Look for At The Mic Show on Twitter to connect. 